This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. We're going to read a psalm that David actually wrote. David actually wrote when he was uh, on the run. He actually wrote this psalm. David wrote 75 psalms, but he wrote this one while he was in a cave. He was in a cave actually hiding for his life. This is what the Bible says. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, have they privately laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto the Lord. I said, Lord, you're my refuge. You're my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they're stronger than I, God. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass about me, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Let us pray. God, speak to us and through us. I cannot. You never said I could. You can. You always said you would. Meet the needs of your precious people. And for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer with a grateful heart. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about how to, how to behave in a cave. How to behave in a cave. Now, when David was 17 years old, he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. That's exciting. But you've got to understand something. He was anointed to be king when he was 17. He was 30 before he actually became king. And Saul, the king, he wasn't real excited about David becoming king. If you'll remember, the people said, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And how many of you know that jealousy will destroy you? Amen. Jealousy will destroy you. And it will destroy others. And he was very jealous of David. And he set out to try to kill David. So David is at a cave at a doolum. He's discouraged. He's disoriented. He's disenchanted. He's depressed. He's disillusioned. He's in a cave. Literally fighting for survival. Here's what's amazing. He was on his way to the throne. 
He was on his way to the palace, but he stopped by the cave. You know what I've learned? On your way to the palace, there'll be some cave stops. On your way to good things, there'll be some difficult things. A.W. Tozer, the great theologian, said this. He said, I doubt that God can bless a man or woman greatly until he first hurts them deeply. I doubt that God can bless a man or woman greatly until he first hurts them deeply. Charles Stanley said, God can't bless you until he bleeds you. Jerry Falwell said, the life that pleases God is often painful and difficult. It's wonderful when we're on our way to the throne. But I want you to know something. Most of the time, there'll be some cave stops along the way. Most of the time, there'll be some heartaches and disappointments along the way. In Genesis 32, there was a man by the name of Jacob. And you know the story. On the other side of the Jabbok River, Jacob wrestled with an angel of God. And Jacob said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And if you study that story, the angel of God took his hand and he touched Jacob's hip. And it was out of socket from that point on. Wait, the blessing of God. Yes, the blessing of God. Let me tell you how you can know if a person has experienced the blessing of God. Most of the time, they've been touched on the hip. And they're no longer strutting, but they're limping. They're limping. You can tell when somebody's been with God. Because there won't be a strut. There'll be a limp. And in Genesis 32, verse 28, this is what God said. Thy name shall be called no more Jacob. <laughs> After you've been blessed, your name's going to be Israel. For as a prince... Thou hast power with God and with men, and you've prevailed. I want you to understand something. It took the limp to have power with God. It took the limp to have influence with men. It took the limp to make an impact. And I want you to understand something. Many times, it takes a limp in our lives for us to become everything that God wants us to be. I want you to understand, on the way to the palace, there's probably gonna be some caves. On the way to the palace, there's gonna be some disappointments. Here's a quote 
I believe it's so true. It's easier to act like a Christian than it is to react like a Christian. It's easier to act like a Christian <laughs> than to react like a Christian. You say, all oh, that that happened ruined him. Probably not. <laughs> that that happened didn't ruin him. That that happened revealed him. Because see, it's easier. <laughs> it's easier to act like a Christian than to react like a Christian. So you say, Pastor Benny, when you get in the cave, come up real close. Notice I didn't say if you get in the cave. I said when you get in the cave. <laughs> when you get in the cave, Pastor Benny, how should I react? Well, I'm not our example, but David is our example. And David tells us what to do how to behave when you're in a cave. First of all, David said, when you're in a cave, you need to pray. When you're in a cave, you need to pray. Look what he said in verse 1. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice. With my voice unto the Lord did I make supplication. I want you to understand, no matter what you're going through, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you can't do any more than pray until you have prayed. You can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you can't do any more than pray until you have prayed. And when you're in a cave, he said, I just cried out. I just cried out. Let me tell you something, folks. Tears is a language that God understands. A heart that's broken, God understands. When our world's been turned upside down, God understands. God understands. So how do you behave in a cave? The first thing you do, if you're in that cave... You just pray and you cry out to God. There's the second thing you do when you're in a cave. You trust. You trust. You trust God. Look what he said in Psalms 142 verse 3. He said, when I'm overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Now wait, get this. David said, there are times in our lives when we can't trust ourselves. There will be times in our lives when we can't trust ourselves. You say, well, I can trust myself. I don't know why we would. <laughs> because our hearts are deceitfully wicked. I, I don't know why I would trust me when God said my heart is deceitfully wicked. But you know what he said? He said, God, I don't trust others. I don't trust myself. But when I'm going through a cave, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. 
I, I recently read a great book, by the way, called Susie, the wife of Charles Spurgeon. I highly recommend the book. She gave away over 200,000 books to poor, destitute pastors. She was the wife of Charles Spurgeon. And Spurgeon said these words. He said, God's too loving to be unkind. He's too wise to be mistaken. And when we can't trace his hand, we can trust his heart. Amen. What God is saying to us, if you're in a cave, you lean into God. You, you trust the Lord. You trust God. There was a man in the Bible. His name was Jacob. And let me tell you about Jacob. The Bible says in Genesis 42, verse 36, let me give you the background. There was a famine in the land. And Jacob thought he and his family would starve to death. Jacob literally thought that his son, Joseph, and his son, Simeon, were both dead. Now wait, everybody's going to starve to death. I've already lost two sons. And he made this statement. All things are against me. And sometimes we feel like everything is against me. Every time I make my mark, somebody paints the wall. Everything is stacked against me. I can't win for losing. That's how Jacob felt. He said, all things are against me. But you know what Jacob didn't know? The son Joseph, who he thought was dead, was alive. You know what Jacob didn't know? Joseph was over all the food supply and was going to make sure that their family had plenty of food. You know what he didn't know? His son Simeon was still alive. He thought, Genesis 42, verse 36, all things are against me. But you know the truth of the matter? It wasn't Genesis 42, 36. It was Romans 8 and 28 that says all things are working together for my good. Jacob thought everything was working against him. And God was working everything for his good. And I want you to know, if it's not good for you right now, it will be good. Because God is working all things for your good. Your responsibility is just to trust him. When you don't understand. God, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you. How do you behave in a cave? You pray. How do you behave in a cave? You trust. How do you behave in a cave? You stand alone if you must. Amen. You stand alone if you must. Look here. I believe if you live long enough for God... Everything and everybody that you've put your confidence in will fail you. 
I believe if you live long enough for God, everything and everybody that you put your confidence in will fail you because God ultimately is going to allow it to happen because he wants you to look to him. He wants you to look to him. Look what the scripture says. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. You know what, ladies and gentlemen? There's people that you think they'll be with me to the end. I hope so. But maybe not. Maybe not. There's people that's going to walk out of your life that will blow your mind. For whatever reason, there's people that's going to be gone. What do you do? You make up your mind that I'm going to please God. And I'm going to leave the results to him. Can you imagine? You're the great apostle Paul. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, he said, At my first hearing, nobody stood with me. Nobody in Rome stood with me. But in verse 17, he said, But the Lord stood with me. But the Lord stood with me. How do you behave in a cave? You pray. You trust God. You stand alone if you must. And then there's the fourth thing you do. You delight in God. You delight in God. Look what he said in verse 5. I cried unto the Lord. I said, thou art my refuge. Thou art my refuge. Psalms 46 and 1 says this. God is our refuge. So I read that and I said, what is a refuge? This is what a refuge is. It's a safe place in the middle of a storm. It's a safe place in the middle of a storm. I'll tell you what. Safety is not the absence of storms. Safety is the presence of the Savior. Let me tell you something. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus than be in a calm without him. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus as be in a calm without him. I, I've got good news. God is our refuge. He's your refuge. He's the only stable thing in your life. He's the only stable thing in any of our lives. Let me tell you something else. He's not only our refuge, but I, I tell Barbara, I, I leave the house every Sunday, and I say, Barbara, I'm going to govern it today. I, I'm going to govern it. I'm, I'm not going to get so excited. <laughs> I, I'm going to save my voice. I said, when you get there at 11 o'clock, my voice is going to be strong because I'm going to govern it. And I get up here and blow it out of the water. If I had my way, I'd be, I'd be I'd, I mean this with all my heart. I'd love to be a very calm preacher. I mean that. That's who I want to be, but it's just who I'm not. Amen. I mean, why is it if you have straight hair, you want curly? And if you've got curly, you want straight. Amen. Sometimes you just want hair. Amen. I mean, when you're ADD, your mind is goodness gracious. 
I told Barbara the other day, I said, I took some cough medicine. It made me so hyper. She said, my God, how can you tell? But anyway, <laughs> look here. He's my refuge. But not only is he our refuge, he's our portion. See, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, they divided up the inheritance. But according to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 9, the Levites didn't get a portion. God said, I'm your portion. I'm your portion. You know what God is saying to us, ladies and gentlemen? He said, I am your source. <laughs> I am your resource. I am your source of happiness. I am your source of blessing. I am your portion. See, see, he's our portion. You want to know how rich you are? You want to know how rich you are? On this morning, you, write up, you add up everything you have that money can't buy. And death can't take away. You add up everything you've got that money can't buy and death can't take away. And that will show you, show you how rich you are. You're my portion to get this verse. Delight thyself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. This is the best statement I'll make today. This is worth the price of admission. This is the best statement I'll make. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Don't let your desires exceed your delight. Don't let your desires exceed your delight. Begin with my delight is going to be in God. He is my portion. Let me tell you the, let me tell you the fifth thing. How to behave in a cave. You sympathize. You sympathize. Look what he said. He said, I'm brought very low. Very low. I believe this, folks. Many times what we go through in life, what we go through in life has to do more with others than it has to do with us. Many times what you go through in life has more to do with others than it has to do with you. I'm old enough to remember this. Most of you are not. Richard Nixon was president. He had a hatchet man. He was his legal defense. His name was Chuck Colson. He protected the president. He falsified reports, he was involved in the Watergate cover-up. He was indicted, sentenced to prison, but before he went to prison, he gave his life to Christ. Gave his life to Christ in 1973. But in 1974, he went to prison, and he served his sentence. While in prison, he noticed the prisoners. While in prison, he noticed the situation. Once he got out of prison, he started an organization called the Prison Fellowship. It's the largest prison ministry in the world. But Chuck Colson said, it took me going to prison to really understand the need. And sometimes it takes us going through hardships 
to have compassion and sympathy for other people. See, see, God doesn't comfort us to make us comfortable. God comforts us to make us comforters. God doesn't comfort us to make us comfortable. He comforts us to make us comforters. And when we go through hardships, it gives us a compassion for people that we ought to have. It gives us a sympathy and empathy for people that we don't have outside of that. It's the sixth thing that we ought to do when we're in a cave. That is praise the Lord. <laughs> Let me tell you something, folks. There, 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 there's, something, there's something about, there's something about when you're going through a hard time, praising God. I, I think it comes from a different level. When we're going through a hard time, that, that's what David did. Look what he said in verse 7. That I may praise thy name. I'm going through a difficult time. But God, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise you. That's why Isaiah 61 and 3 said, I've got a spirit of heaviness. But I'm going to put on the garment of praise. I've got a spirit of heaviness. But I'm going to put on the garment of praise. Because I don't totally understand. But I'm going to praise the Lord. Now you understand something, folks. You understand something. I want you to get this. You can't always praise God for your family because your family may have walked out. You can't always praise God for your health because the doctor's report may not be good. You can't always praise God for your job because perhaps you lost your job. You can't always praise God for your finances because perhaps at the end of the month, you've got more month than you do money. You can't always praise God for your children because, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, sometimes your children will tear your heart out. But here's what I know. You can't praise God for who He is. <laughs> You can praise God that He's on the throne. You can praise God that He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You can praise God that He won't put more on you than you can handle. You can praise God that weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. Here's what I say to you how to behave in a cave? You just praise Him. See, on the way to the throne, there'll be some trials. On the way to the palace, there may be some persecution. On the way to honor, there'll be some hurt. On the way to promotion, there'll be some pain. And on the way to the crown, I'll promise you, there's going to be a lot of caves. But you just make sure that you behave in the cave. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. 
Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.